0: Hello and welcome to Sheer Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. The name Sheer Jeshub comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 3, and means a remnant shall return. My name is Patty Scalzo, and today my husband Pastor Greg Scalzo and I will be continuing our discussion of heavenly authority. And now, let's go into the study.
1: In our background study in the Old Testament we began to look in our last program at Moses. Though he was a Hebrew, he had been educated in the wisdom of Egypt and grew up as a prince the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But at 40 years old it came into his heart to visit his people who were in bondage in Egypt and choose affliction with the people of God over the pledges and wealth of Egypt. Patty, could you read from Exodus chapter 2 and verses 11 to 15? Sure. One day
0: after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian.
1: Acts chapter 7 verse 25 tells us Moses supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand but they did not understand. And so Moses had a sense even at this point in his life that God was going to use him to deliver the Israelites. But the Moses we see here at 40 was not the Moses that God would send to free his people at 80. We do see in this younger Moses characteristics of spiritual leadership which we mentioned in our last program. He has the awareness of God's calling. He is willing to sacrifice, and to lay aside the things of the world. He has an understanding and desire to do that which is right. And he has the shepherd's heart, the desire to protect God's people. Yet this Moses has a boldness or rashness about him. When he sees the Egyptian beating the Hebrew slave, he looks this way and that, to see that no one is looking, and then kills the Egyptian, hiding his body in the sand. We saw in our last program from Acts chapter 7 verse 22
0: how Moses had been educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And we can just imagine how this noble prince must have felt when he saw the injustice being done to the poor Hebrew slave.
1: Patty, it happens frequently that when people are saved they have a sense of the purpose or plan God has for their lives. And many Christians respond zealously to that plan, and zeal rightly directed is good. There is nothing like the joy of service in our first love. But something more is needed, for God does not only call us to do His will, but He calls us to do His will, His way. Certainly Moses has the educational qualities and strength and disposition here that God could have used immediately to deliver His people from the Egyptians at least that's the way we might look at it but God sees differently he sees something is missing and it could not be learned in the palaces of Egypt but rather required forty years tending the flocks as a lowly shepherd in the desert
0: Greg I think it is interesting in this account in Exodus that Moses' fervor in killing the Egyptian is quickly replaced by fear as it says in verse 14 so Moses feared and said
1: surely this thing is known and it was only natural. When Pharaoh heard the matter, he wanted to kill Moses. So Moses fled to Midian. And here again we see the protective heart of a true leader. When Moses arrives in Midian, he comes to a well. Now seven daughters of the priests of Midian come to the well to draw water. But when shepherds arrive and drive the daughters away, Moses stands up and delivers them from the hands of the shepherds, and he waters their flock. Their father, Jethro, invites Moses to stay with them Exodus chapter
0: 2 verses 21 to 22 says then Moses was content to live with the man and he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses and she bore him a son and he called his name Gershom for he said I have been a
1: stranger in a foreign land and Patty during this time that the Lord is doing a work on Moses heart he is also preparing the people that he will lead Exodus
0: chapter 2 verses 23 to 24 says, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with
1: Isaac, and with Jacob. Under the new Pharaoh their bondage becomes greater, and so does the desire for deliverance and God hears their cries and so we come to the call of God to Moses on the mountain of God. It is now forty years after Moses fled to Midian. The opulence of Egypt, the zeal of his intervention must seem like long ago memories. The deserts of Midian are now his home. The flock he tends is not even his own but belongs still to his father-in-law. He who had so much now has so little as he lives a simple life, a humble life. But God sees the heart. God sees a man ready for his service. You know, Patty, we read in our last program from Hebrews 11, how by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. And it took some degree of humility to do this, If Moses was arrogant and filled with pride, if he had seen himself as a great prince of Egypt, deserving of homage, too far above the Hebrew slaves to worry about their condition, he never would have made the choice he did. That's right. But I think it's safe to say that now, at eighty, as an old shepherd with none of the things which this world so esteems, I think it's safe to say that Moses is truly a humble man who understands that on his own He can accomplish nothing. And this is the exact point at which a servant
0: can truly be used of God, at which a leader with heavenly authority can be made. For when God brings deliverance through Moses, it will not be because of Moses' power, but because of the power of God. Greg, in the book of Numbers, we read in chapter 12, verse 3, Now the man Moses was very humble,
1: more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Moses knew that he was entirely dependent on God. Patty, let's read about the call of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Verse 1 begins, Now Moses was tending the flock
0: of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, But the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses,
1: Moses. And he said, Here I am. Notice God calls Moses by name. And Moses responds, Here I am. When God calls, we must respond. Then he said,
0: Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God.
1: Notice the holiness of our God and of the call. The very ground becomes holy, and Moses is afraid to look up. Those in ministry and in authority would do well to remember that our God is holy and His call is holy. The call of God is not simply some career path as in the world. It is a sacred trust. And this is really true for all believers who are called every day in different ways to serve our God. Remember, the place where you stand is holy ground. Patty, why don't you read the commission down at verse 9 and 10 and Moses' response in verse 11. The Lord said,
0: Now, therefore, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of
1: Egypt? Moses receives a direct commission from the Lord, and his response Who am I that I should go? There is no trust or pride in self in this old shepherd, no confidence in what he could accomplish, no false self-worth, but rather a conscious knowledge of self-lack. Who am I that I should go? Moses receives his answer in verse 12. So he said, I will certainly be with you,
0: and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God
1: on this mountain. I will certainly be with you. God is saying to Moses, it is not based on your ability, but on mine. I will be with you, and I will accomplish it. And you are going to know it when you're back here with all the people you've successfully brought out of Egypt to serve me. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 declares God's word
0: to another leader of Israel, Zerubbabel who many centuries later was charged with rebuilding the temple. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts
1: of grace, grace to it. The work of God is not achieved by our might or our power, but only by God's Holy Spirit. On our own, we can do nothing. He must work His work in us and through us. It is by His Spirit and His power only. And this humblest of shepherds, who once was a prince, this quiet man of the wilderness, was now ready to receive this power, and would initiate one of the greatest events and most dramatic displays of might in the annals of human history. Psalm 25, verse 9 says, The humble he guides in justice,
0: and the humble he teaches his way. And Jesus taught, Blessed are the meek,
1: for they shall inherit the earth.
0: We here at Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle love to receive our listeners' words of encouragement. So if you want to write to us, or if you feel led of the Lord to help support the church outreach of Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle. That's S H E A R hyphen J A S H U B, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Once again, that's Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518. Branford, Connecticut 06405 and please include the air date of the program and the call letters of the radio station. Also, if you are going to be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we would like to invite you to join us for Sunday service. Services include praise, worship, Bible study, and the Lord's Supper. Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the yellow brick and white building. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shir Jashub when we will talk about answering the call of God. Until then, may our Lord Jesus richly bless you as you serve Him.